Hello, fellow explorers. Welcome to the Pearl Dialogues. My name is Wazi, and together with Erlin, I host this podcast. This is a podcast that explores the nature of reality. And it is a student-led initiative, meaning that it is independent of the Ridwan Foundation. Although the theme for our podcast is that we have conversations with teachers of the Diamond Approach School. If you're interested in learning more about this teaching in this school, there are links in the show notes that you can check out. There is also a glossary in case that we use language or words that you're unfamiliar with. In today's episode, me and Elin have a conversation and a deep dive, in some sense a jazz improv with Todd Carter, who resides in New York. This episode has a unique, uh, it's a slightly unconventional flow to it. And we do touch on different topics, uh, the nature of change, philosophy, we dive into fear and how that manifests, how that can feel like. So yeah, it's a, it's an interesting conversation. And uh, you'll learn more about it as you listen. I also want to say that in this particular episode, I unfortunately had wrong mic settings which means that I had to play a little, little bit with the audio to get it the best possible quality. So if, if it feels incongruent or not as optimal as it usually is, uh, this is the reason. Uh, I still think it's a good episode and most of the conversation comes out pretty good. Everything is audible, more or less. <laughs> One other thing that I want to mention is that if any of the teachers speaks to you and you want to explore the possibility of working with them one-to-one, -one, you will be able to find their details if you write their name in Google and then add Diamond Approach. That will take you to the portal and often there you will find their email and whether or not they're accepting new students. So some teachers do not accept new students, others do. And there's a button that highlights whether a teacher is available for sessions or not. I have also added the teacher directory to the show notes so that you can browse through the many over 200 teachers in this school. And yeah, that's all I wanted to say. As always, I invite you to sense your arms and legs, sense your being, sense the moment while listening. Enjoy. Yes, everybody. So we're back here today. And here with me, I have Erin and Todd. Welcome, Todd. Thanks for having me, Wazi. Hi, Ellen. Hi, Todd. Hey. And before I came on, I was on the Diamond Approach portal and I was reading a little bit about you. 
for the short description you had done. And I actually wanted to begin by reading some parts of it and then inviting you to perhaps elaborate in your own words here and now what, how that resonates in you now. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. This will be a surprise for me. Okay. So the question was, what attracted you to the diamond approach? And here is what you wrote. I love that this work is always leading me to my edge. The work has provided me the occasion to be ushered into new forms of conception and perception over the years. Foundationally, the realization that our human identity is in flux, ever-changing, and polymorphous is one of the central insights of the work. I'd love to stop there and just dive into that segment because it's so rich. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I feel the richness of that as you say it. So, you know, I invite uh, the two of you in the moment. In particular, if we start with the edge, if you can feel into whatever's happening for you right now in this moment. Because it's something that's particular for each of you. And it's something that's particular for me that's happening. So if we allow ourselves just to sense it, to breathe into it. The thing that I notice about the edge, whenever I say that word, and when I, I've said it a few times recently, it always brings me to this place where there's this mix of, I don't know what's going to happen next, simultaneously with, for instance, right now, I'm feeling a lot of, I want to call it pleasure, but it feels like a, uh, such a delicate, delicate form of pleasure. Like almost like the naming of it has it vanish at the same time. So this edge that I really love about being in this work you know I fill it right now with an expression something like I don't know what happens in advance of what's happening. And then I, I said something about the now occurring. I forget exactly how I phrased it as you read it back to me. But it seems like there's always a choice that attention can make. And sometimes I can refer to it as my attention. 
sometimes it doesn't feel like there's a my that's attached to it. It just feels like it's a tension that's happening. And at other times, there can be things that are occurring that I might label as non-occurrences. So this might seem a little bit strange, but I'm just going to say it. So occurrence is something that I might not know in advance. I don't know it. It's just what's happening. And then there's the place, or I might call the unplace of my particular ego as it functions. So that's a beginning into those words. I know some of that might seem a little strange, but how does that land in you? What's what's happening in the two of you as I speak? So I would say that I very much follow your invitation. When you when I tune into the word edge, I immediately full fill out my whole consciousness and fill out the moment i become very curious and also very much allowing giving myself to the moment giving myself to my experience in a very heartful and also vulnerable way i would say i give myself vulnerability to what is here and i notice with that there is there is a spirit of adventure actually because i don't really know what is going to be discovered and also I'm aware here now that I'm aware of elements of my experience but I'm also aware that there is more to know about what's happening so I both feel that your invitation affords me space to be myself And also activates curiosity, engagement, involvement with my own experience while also listening to what you're sharing. I would say lightly, I receive more the transmission of what you offer in what you're saying. And then lightly, I, I hear your words as you speak. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that's happening for you, Ellen, in the moment that you want to share? Yeah. Curiously, I'm a bit to the opposite. Like when I say feeling into my edge, I feel, it's like I feel my cells in my body being in more on a hyper alert. Like, okay, what's going to happen next? Almost this like anticipation and fear. And like a bit the um, animal brain. Yeah, so quite the opposite towards like relaxing into curiosity, not pleasant, right? Or like, okay, now we're on the edge. Yeah. Mm. What's going to happen now? Yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate you bringing that piece in. It's a really, really important piece. The animal mm. brain and the fear and what do you do with fear? 
what do I do with fear? What does Wazi do with fear? How do we relate to fear? How do we be fear? How do we run away from fear? And yet, like, you know, wow, it's like, what is fear? Like, if we ask that question right now, and we really feel it in our bodies, especially if you're aware of it in the moment, because I, I am, I can feel something that I might call fear. And simultaneously, I could say more, I'm going to stop. I might say more in a moment about it. I just feel like taking a pause with the fear if it's here. <laughs> I'll, immediately, I'll immediately go and add to that. I mean, what I feel is there is a part of me that is a little bit scared, actually. Um, and the fear is linked to, and, and I see it now as you had been brought in that aspect, it becomes became more foreground for me, is fear around the role that I'm having as a host. And when I was meditating before we came into the space, I, I did see that a part of my mind was wanting to kind of get some or find some guidance as to how to open the space because space openings is always an art. So there was a desire to open the space, this podcast space, in a way that allowed for both of you to come in in a way that somehow came with a, with a kind of invitation and a sense of flow. So I noticed that there was a certain preference towards having a seamless entry into our space together and that there was a fear of failing at that. And that fear is a kind of contraction in my experience and in my body. It, it does feel a little bit hard, a little bit black. And the fear itself has an element of disturbance. And that is held within this more open awareness that I feel to be more soft. Yeah. So there's both of them. There's this hardened fear and this open awareness simultaneously. Yes. I mean, I hear it said sometimes that when one is really in the channel of fear and is able to completely feel it, it's really hard to distinguish it from life force. It's identical life force, which makes sense. Makes sense given the animal brain as well, right? And there are definitely ways in which fear, especially when it is objectified, 
when there's an object that one has in one's mind and thereafter is pulled into the body in some way, even though it's not always that, um, it's not always that there's an object outside that gets pulled into the body that is the object of fear, but you can think of it that way. Especially when you're able to feel the fear in your body. It once started as an object that was outside of you. So, I'm doing and saying what I'm saying as an answer to your question in terms of the edge in particular. None of this I've pre-planned to talk about or, you know, it's just arising spontaneously, hanging with you guys. And it's also very much relational, right? The field is relational through and through. That's another thing that I so deeply love about this work. ways in which we are affected by others, sometimes in ways that we really don't want to be affected by others, right? Ways in which we're in retreats and people rub up against us and certain smells we don't like or people say things to us and we're just like, what? And all of our reactivity comes forward. So there's that piece and then there's the piece of the foundation of gratitude, I would say, about being related to other human beings, to be related to other objects, the space that I'm in, as you know, one of the words that I think I said in that piece that you read back to me was, you know, foundationally, what is this foundation? And for me, this, this piece of relationality and contribution and uh, um, the way that you are you, Wazi, and the way that you are you, Ellen, how you as absolute particular human persons can affect me as a human person. So I'm aware of that stream that's that's flowing through being here with you too now. Yeah, me, me too. And I like that way of looking at it, like we are, like using a metaphor of like playing strings. Like I'm playing, you're playing my strings in a way. I'm playing yours and Lucy's, and then there's this like field creation together, like music, and. What's that? Like what's happening in in that? What emerges? What what reacts and explore that? It's um I find it quite ex exquisite. Is that English word? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love that. I love that analogy. Love that metaphor. I think it's really spot on, as they say. I don't know if we left 
or for leaving the, the part of the edge. But there was something in your presentation. This was the first time I heard presentation. Usually I, I take that approach that I see more chicks in the teacher and I'm more new to have that differentiation. But there was something you mentioned about the, was it flexibility of the soul or the person? Lux. I don't know. Basi, yeah. could you maybe read that line again? It was towards the end. Foundationally, the realization that our human identity is in flux, ever-changing, and polymorphous is one of the central insights of the work. Yeah, I'm. I might. I might change the word flux at this point in my in my tenure here on Earth. Um. But I don't necessarily know the words for why I would change it in the moment. Well, let's play with it, though, for a second. Okay, I think I would have to be with the word a little bit more, but let's just say it a couple of times. Flux. Flux. And so I'm making this this identification in what I'm saying with what it means to be a human person. And that identity, like when we talk about, well, this is who I am, right? Or even we can say identity is, this is who you are, right? Or this is who we are. Identity isn't necessarily something that always gets caught with the ego, correct? When we talk in the work about identification, often we're talking about ego identity, right? But there's many levels that identity functions on inside of the work. They're the levels of the boundless dimensions. There's the levels of who you are in relationship to the vehicles. There's the levels as they go through the various turnings. And so I think what I want to say in the moment about flux and what I might change, I think, is that flux sometimes has this connotation of flux equals chaos. And that's a whole can of worms there on a certain level. But I think I would say flux more in terms of when you're at the edge, when you are the edge that your experience is in the moment, when you are that, and that is your identity, you're going to notice that it changes pretty quickly. So flux is change more than anything else, right? That I that I that there's something foundational that is the place of identity. Right? So if you feel the place of the happening of your experience, I like calling it that, the happening of your experience or the now occurring of your experience. Or the occurring of your experience. Now not as something to fixate on, 
not as something even to hold on to. I mean, you can do that, and we often do that, right? We often fixate on something, and we return to it, and we get repetitive about it, or there's something that we're unconscious to, and that's happening in the background, and it's bringing up other things that are repeating themselves. And that's that's fine. I mean, that's sometimes what's happening. But I want to make a distinct, I want to distinguish here between egoic identity and this place that's not egoic identity. The place itself can be free. It is free. I mean, it's made out of freedom, to tell you the truth. It's so inherently free that it will be whatever occurs next. So that was a long um, response to Flux. So I'm just curious what's what's happening over there with Wazi or Ellen. Yeah, I'd like to surf that wave. I like to surf that wave of Flux because what came up for me as you were speaking is when I consider the word flux, there is something, the word that comes up for me is unpredictability. When I think about flux, there's something unpredictable. But when I take, think about motion and change, for me, it relates more to intelligence. So I feel flux excludes intelligence and is more unpredictable, while what you're pointing to is very much embedded in the intelligence of true nature and the intelligence of life and the intelligence of reality. True. And I think that's probably why I would change that word right now. I don't think it's accurate. I think, I think there's reasons why historically I would be given to use that word. And, you know, if you hang out in the world of, um, you know, I spent a long time in the in the philosophical world. So somebody like Gilles Deleuze, for instance, if you know anything about his work, it's not that that we're talking about. We're not talking about the flux at that level. We're talking about what you're. We're talking about change as intelligence. Exactly. That's you're pointing in the right direction there, Wazi, for sure. I'm curious about one. Yeah, go on. And I was going to say, if you put that changes intelligence with this this place of absolute not knowing, or this absolute place of not not going to know what happens next, they go so well together. They the fit is perfect. They fit perfectly together. They, they it's like that we as human beings, as the site where that can happen is to use Alan's word, exquisite. I mean, I, it's such a good word to to name that place, I think. With what you're saying, I feel like a waterfall. And in some sense, in my mind, I see two options. I can either kind of get stuck in the words or I can allow myself to run with the, run with the stream, basically. And what I get in touch with as I do that is a kind of creativity because there is a particular invocation and transmission that is coming with your emphasis that I feel is very creative, which brings in the, from, from the work, the logos, 
there is such a potency and power. And I notice that my soul has a need to really ride with it, to be fully free with what you're bringing in, which brings in a different kind of intelligence that is not directly analytical. It's more the fluid intelligence itself. And in the merger or the real embodiment of that flow, I notice how my being expands while previous to this, previous to actually allowing myself to enter that stream fully, 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 I was more at a distance and there was this split between the observer and the observed. While now there is this unity of experience that I feel I'm partaking in through your invocation. Yeah, partake. You know, I say partake and, and when words when words are when words become stumbling blocks, then that's where the singing and the praising begins. That's my experience. And that's the, I, I'm loving Ellen bringing in the musical analogy. Because it's not, it's not really an analogy. I mean, it's, it is, but it's so real if we listen. You know, if we're really listening, if you listen right now, for instance, if we bring our attention to that part of our practice of sensing, looking, and listening, if we bring it all right into listening for a moment. Let it concentrate there. There's nothing in particular that I'm expecting to hear or to have happen. I just think it's interesting to make that invitation in the moment. Sometimes the, the easiest ways out of uh, blockades, stases, places that are stuck is to, I find this for myself at least, is to trill and to sing and that's where the foundation of our personalness as human bodies comes in to this work, right? You know, I found this thing that was really interesting recently. The word hallelujah, one of the deepest, or I don't like the word deep so much, but one of the most unused words or meanings of the word hallelujah it has a Hebrew um, foundation. The word does. It means to trill. It means to trill. And to trill is kind of like... So that place in us that gets taken over by conceptuality, right? Overwhelmed with the fact that we can conceive of... I mean, that's the beauty is we can conceive of existence, our existence. We can think our existence. And there are times when the weight of that conception like can really block us. And so to put together that piece that I said about conception, perception, I think I put a slash there, right? Was it conception slash perception in the, in the phrase? Or maybe it was conception and perception? But let's take the and out for a second, right? In, in the now, right now, let's just feel conception slash perception. Let's just feel that. 
It's like the wondrous nature of our of our imagination, of our visual capacity as 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 minds, the the synthesizer, the the analyzer, and you put that together with the rest of us, the heart and the belly, and then wow, it expands into the rest of the body, like the the thinking, feeling, sensing beings that we are now. I'm listening. And as I started to listen, yeah, something shifted a bit into, um, it became bigger. My perception became bigger and, um, yeah, and then my mind also wandered a bit to like, yeah, that I'm sitting here in a dark Nordic country and, uh, like toddlers in the United States, far away in its daytime, like and now we are all connected to this big I don't know, lack of a better word, like oneness or reality from different parts and everyone is seeing different things and like explaining them to one another, but not really sure everyone else is feeling it like yourself are or experiencing per perceiving it and yeah and then i'm a little bit mind blown <laughs> like, <laughs> um yeah and just really enjoying hanging out and listening to all of your all of your wisdom and all the teaching that's coming through you todd it's it's remarkable and i yeah. Now I'm just smiling. I don't. Mm. Yeah, I'm mm. really, really enjoying being with the two of you very deeply. Mm. And I love that you bring in Ellen. The um, really moving. I love that you bring in the the world that we're in now, where you too can be in Sweden, and I am here. And that's right. You both are in Sweden, correct? No, no I'm in Sweden. Sweden. You're in Norway. Sweden. You're in Norway, right? And I'm in New York City. And so there's this vast expanse that all of a sudden becomes the particulars that you are, Wazi, that you are, Ellen, and that, and that you know, that I am. Like that, the unity, like that unitive drive, right? That unity, like, like the desire, like the, the, the longing that's at the heart of the spiritual journey is like to be one, to be absolutely collected, to be absolutely collected, to be absolutely, to use your word, uh, Wazi, to absolutely partake. I love that. Love that. To absolutely partake the feast that's available. I think what I want to, to, to point to here is that the unity isn't found in some generality that's outside of the particular that you are, right? 
in this work, we always begin now. Your particular experience. And from my perception, from the perception that's really led me these 20, almost 23 years in the work and eight years as a teacher, it's, it gets more and more particular. This this way in which unity expresses itself. So what's happening with you, Wazi? Yeah, so I noticed how there is there is a, a process of contemplation. I'm contemplating what you're saying. But what I'm noticing for me, as I tune to you, and I tune to what you bring and invoke and, and you're riffing, like the wave of your soul, your particular, how I best resonate with you is actually more through my right brain or more through the through the just being of the mystery and being of the flow itself. So I notice how my mind, like the conceptualizing mind, isn't that kind of analytical. I'm not in my analytical mind. I, I, I find that in or I see that initially when I came into the space, I was using my analytical mind more, while now after you, I mean, you continue, we could, the field continue to work me and work us. I noticed how there was a change in way of being. And by being like that playfulness itself, I noticed how I experienced more freedom and more of my body comes online as a cohesive whole. Yeah, yeah, body, body, cohesive whole. Yes, and not knowing, and kind of a suspension of analysis, this is a suspension of trying to grok something, trying to trying to mentally understand something. I'm just surfing with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, surfing's great. You know, surfing's great. And mm, you know, I I um I make music a lot as part of my life. And so feeling music and being music and singing, it's so not analytical, right? It's just but they're not at odds. It's like, it's like analytic synthetic or synthetic analytic, like putting the words together in a way where, especially when we're talking about the desire or the wanting to include the absolute most of, of ourselves, right? Just wanting that wanting that most, the mostness to express itself, to live itself, to realize itself. You know, I had a teacher for many years in the work. Alia Johnson was her name. And I remember at one stage in the work when, I don't remember why, 
but she would say things to people like, get out of your head, let your knees think. So I invite us right now to just try that on for a moment. As you sense into your knees, I'm sensing into my knees right now, the two knees simultaneously. We so often limit what we know thinking to be to the realm of the head. But why do we do that? There's good reasons that we've come to know as a certain kind of inheritance, right? That the head is the place of the soul, and the head is the place of the ego, the head is the place of this and that, and, you know, modernity, blah, blah, blah. I could go on and on about that. What if, if we let go of all of that and just let our knees think now? Maybe there's a, a conception, perception that we've never experienced before. What if, what if, our, if our knees not only are already in this synthetic analytic or an, analytic synthetic, what if they're not only already being that, and it's just our attention in the moment that allows that to be exponentiated. This this really moved me. I I noticed that I'm crying. Used through. Shifting this attention to thinking with the knees. And uh, yeah, I like to share was so. I think I was overrun by this like feeling that everything is okay. Actually, everything is, is great. Um, and before that, there was a bit of this hyper. There's still a bit this like fear and like a very active headspace and like checking is it safe to go deeper now? Is it safe to go deeper now? And then when with your invitation to to think with the brain, it was just like I landed and I could see what a wonderful evening I have had. So it's just evening time for me in the world, like how well it went with my son putting him to bed, how well it went with his father, what enjoyable evening we had and how 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 enough I was all of the sudden and like this fear of me not being enough just flew away and I could be so grateful for what actually was or what actually is and this is mainly starting to cry not realizing how much of my the fears in my mind are holding in on to me not yeah, me feeling inadequate, I think the word is in English. Yeah, I mean, as you're talking, I just I bring my attention back into the knees that are here now, my knees, and I just feel this this praising and this thanking. Mm. It's just this praising. Yes. Gratitude. Gratitude. 
Yeah, yeah, you really hear that, and you're you're talking, and it it's totally here in the space. <laughs> There's a bony simplicity. Bony knees me sensing the knees or thinking with my knees and i also feel that the mind my mind space is more perplexed like there's a perplex there's a perplexness in my mind which mm. i'm yeah. allowing and at the same time i just want to add there is an awareness that we're that there, you know, the fact that there is a there is a podcast happening. So I'm aware of that. But what I notice, the space that I've entered is just this space of pure exploration, pure adventure. <laughs> and I, I feel that I, I just had to go full along with that. I can't. I don't know if there is a host here. If there is not a host here, I mean, there's just so much. The unraveling is taking place, and the only way to partake and participate is just to allow myself fully to dive in and and partake, basically. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, I was starting to hear these jokes in the back of my mind about just let the pod be casted, just the like, just just pod the cast, man. Like it's just just let the podcast happen, especially if you don't thingify it, right? You don't have to rectify even what it is because words are weird. Words are weird. And when you bring in perplex, all I can do is like feel that word perplex. Perplex. Perplex perplex makes me happy. It like goes hand in hand with flabbergasted. Flabbergasting goes hand in hand with uh bewilderment right and then it's like in words of in those words of perplexing and those words of of flabbergasting and the words of it's just like there's this inherent bliss in the words i don't even have to know what they mean so to speak it's in the speaking itself of the words that the meaning is. It's like the meaning's not elsewhere. And I, I think I'm pointing to that in terms of, you know, the meaning of a podcast isn't elsewhere. The meaning of the podcast is now. And this is all going back to the question that you are asking me about my my place, what I perceive and conceive about what the work is. The work is always happening now. I think it's really in those places where, where reality itself is what lets things hang together. Right? It's like the given, the gift, the givenness of reality is, is where reality is hanging in the sense of we as certain kinds of identities don't have to do the work of holding it together. And that's what the work underlines for us is that is absolutely the truth. 
And the second that we think that there's a me that is doing that, we're mistaken. And that's okay. You know, it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to mistake reality. There can be a lot of compassion for that. And from another perspective, you know, it's no mistake at all. It's like the simplicity of the simplicity of the the innocent mistake. Mm-hmm. It's, there's a there's a way in which we can speak in generalities about it, right? We can speak in a general sense about what what's the what's the proclivity of the ego to do that, right? To think that it owns something, or to think that it um, can keep something everlastingly. Because that's the that's the convincing, that's the one that's convinced that that the that the ego is right. There's this kind of like everlasting, like oh, if I get that thing, then it's going to be everlasting, and I can keep it forever. So, I don't know if I can be more specific. I'm, I can't in the moment. All I know is that it's it's that reality is the inverse of that, right? Reality is that which is already everlasting. And so for the ego to attempt to everlast, so you just feel that, the attempting, right? The attempting to be everlasting. Even the way I'm saying it right now, it's like the attempting to be everlasting. Is one expression of it. But the thing that I see, Ellen, in answering your question, is that there's an infinitude of ways in which it can be answered. Because there's an infinitude of, well, there's a, there's an, in, it's not exactly, well, <laughs> I was going to say there's an infinitude of ways in which that can be answered because of, I stopped there because I was like, wait, there's only a finite number of human beings on the planet right now, right? So the, the finiteness of the human beings on the planet give it such that there's a lot of particularities that can be that attempting, that false doing, that false will we call it in our work. But it's not necessarily infinite. Anyway. That's where I went. <laughs> oh, Lord, right? Yeah, and what a, the vision that I get while hanging out with you guys is like a jazz band playing <laughs> improv. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. You enjoy that? You enjoy the improv? I personally am a fan of improv, yes. Cool. I'm a big fan of improv, yeah. 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 And I do, I, I will also confess that I think if it, if this wasn't a podcast, I think if we weren't being recorded, I wonder how that would affect the space as well. I'm curious about that. I'm simply curious. Because clearly, I do have certain, like, the, 
although it's subtle and not necessarily needs to, it's, it's not an obstacle as such, but there, there is, in some sense, a bigger field that's also listening, which is the listeners that I also take into account, you could say. Um, so it, there, it's a balancing act. In some, no, it's not accurate that it's a balancing act. I'm just, I'm just chewing on it, and I don't have the answer. <laughs> I don't have the answer. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. I mean, I appreciate the 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 question about what if it wasn't being recorded and what would happen if not. I think that's a great question. Yeah, and I also appreciate the. I appreciate you thinking of your audience. I mean, there's some there's some way in which um, there's some way in which you want this to be of service to folks. You want this to be uh, enlightening. You want new people to perhaps come into the work that haven't heard, or maybe not not necessarily coming into the work, but just new people who haven't who haven't heard anything about this work. Listen to this. So I appreciate that that's in your your listening simultaneously. What I suggest that I do now, because we don't have that much time, is to read the rest of your of your bio and then see what ribs from that before we close this space. How do you feel about that? That's fine. It is good. Yeah, for sure. Let's let's, let's complete this. So after the part about. Our human identities in flux, ever-changing, and polymorphous is one of the central insights of the work. This has changed my life. It is exciting to ride the wave of the teaching as it changes and as I change. There is always a sense of not knowing what is going to be revealed next in my personal process. This sense of spontaneity and playful shape of the movement of the work brings joy and pleasure immeasurable. There is an adventure to be had at the heart of this path. The work is not about bettering yourself, but about relaxing into all that we are, whether that be the lightest purity or the most profound darkness, the freedom of participation in creation. You know, I think a lot of that we've been participating in together in my my sense today, hanging out with you all, being in the flow and, you know, I think this word participation, I love so dearly, right? The invitation to participate. What is it, what is it that we particularly are given to learn in this lifetime? And that's not something that you need to figure out in advance, right? It's not like you need to leave yourself to go somewhere else in order to figure that out and then come back to yourself, right? No, that's not how the work works. The way the work works is you find that place now. Whether you name it the deepest, whether you name it the, the most superficial, whether you are not in that dichotomy at all, absolute, deep, superfice.
So I think the last thing I, I'm going to say before I want to hear where you all are at is, you know, this, this notion of the work beginning always now. It's not a notion. It's really life living itself. So it also, it also makes me realize <laughs> that I need to rewrite my bio. <laughs> well, so thanks for reading it to me. <laughs> we'll make it more, we'll make it more, uh, I'll make it more current. <laughs> So, so yeah, I'd love to hear your response, just where the both of you are and what's happening now. And Yeah, I always find that so funny, this um, paradox that like <laughs> this um, podcast episode is so much about your bio and then you're ending with like, no, I probably need to change it now. <laughs> it's quite funny. <laughs> And, and lovely and wonderful and it's probably exactly how it's supposed to be uh, evolving <laughs> but yeah that's that's nice to invite that um and uh, yeah i i've enjoyed uh, i've enjoyed meeting you fully and i also enjoy this yeah smiling <laughs> in the end there now smiling and laughing a little bit about the process yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. I, as we're finishing off, like I, I hope I will meet you sometime, somewhere in the in the flesh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Thank. You. <laughs> Would love that. Yeah, I think somewhere in your body you wrote about the wave, a wave, and that's what I feel. I've been doing personally surfing away, surfing with you, sorry, surfing with you both. And what I love about this particular episode is that um, there's something about non-conventional. Like there is not, it's it's very, un, it's unconventional in the sense that it's like, it's it stretches me in a certain direction of my being that I very much appreciate. Um, because it has this throbbing aliveness and the force of the wave is either you catch it or you, or you drown. That's how it was for me. You either catch it or you drown. So like I've just been swimming with, surfing, getting on, this falling off and then, you know, see getting on the wave again, getting on the board and then surfing and then boom. So it's just been a lot of dynamism for me being with you. And yeah, I, I appreciate your particularity and and how you've offered yourself into this particular episode and podcast and shared your soul with us both. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I keep hearing I keep hearing throbbing, and how much I love that word throbbing. You know when there's um. There's a, I mean, it makes me think of a couple of different things, but the the throb, right? The the, the throbbing, the sound brings me back to this to to hearing the word again, to listening, to the act of listening. 
like how much how much not only information is in each word that we speak but that information is not what we normally think it is yeah. and in terms of the work I'll 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 say this in terms of the work information needs to include at minimum at minimum the three centers the way in which we hold just that word information right so if you feel it from your belly your heart and your head right now it's very different than holding information at the level of our minds, which is where we normally hold it. But that's not what information is. Information can't be held by our mind. It can be synthesized and analyzed. It can be enjoyed. It can be, there's all kinds of things we can say about how the mind relates to information. So I feel a lot of gratitude being with the two of you. I know that you're both a part of the um, the youth council. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. And I, th I think, you know, I was invited to a meeting. It was a while ago. I was so excited to hear that that was happening. Really, I was very, very moved that there are young folks like you who are in the work and that there's this... Um, what do we call it? There's this wanting to extend and find those people who might resonate with this work that maybe in some way need to find a, a, a home, a community, right? Because that's one of the other things that I absolutely adore about this school is the the community that it is. And it's just growing. You know, it just grows for me personally. It really getting to know more and more people in the school at the level of the teacher body, at the level of the student body. I feel really, really touched about that. So I want to thank the both of you for being in that place and and holding uh, space for teachers to come forward. So, I mean, this is for the whole school. You know, I got to know some of the teachers that I've never known, right? So I want to thank you for that as I was as I was listening to some of the Pearl Dialogues. I was like, oh, that was so sweet to get to be with the flavor of that teacher and kind of feel, oh, wow, like, like that's their contribution and that's their, that's their givingness. You know, it's, it is so very, very precise and yeah exactly we did that at the same time wazi we did that at the same time that's great it's so precise and so specific and beautiful well everybody that's a beautiful place to round it off thank you so much for joining and surfing with us till next time much love <laughs>